Hello, my name is Micah, and I'm an alco- Okay, that's my other meeting. I am an addict. Hi, Micah. <sighs> my addiction, and this is very hard for me to say. I play the ponies every night at the Diamond Casino and Resort on Grand Theft Auto. Now, to most people, this isn't a problem. But for me, I lost it all. I lost it all. I cashed out my chips for the day. And all three horses, I lost it all. If you or someone you know is suffering from playing the ponies addiction, call our 1-800 number. 1-800-GET-HELP. We would like to be there for you and your family. Just kidding. Addiction is a real thing. It should not be made fun of. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And please help Micah not to play the ponies no more on Grand Theft Auto. It is really a problem. But this is the Donut Box Podcast. Come on, smash your mama. Alright, so we are on episode 24, and hey, want to give a brief shout out. I know yesterday was Mother's Day when this episode airs, so happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Shout out to my mom, because guess what? She is like our number one listener. Uh, She has always like reacted, and she's like our biggest fan, so shout out to that. Uh, But yeah, man, episode 24, how do you feel about that? I feel good, and uh, on a side note, yes... We have been playing Grand Theft Auto, and yes, where do I spend most of my time? In the casinos in Grand Theft Auto. Chris can vouch for that, can't you, Chris? I will tell you, it's really interesting, because they have like interesting names for the horses, like Snatch Your Mama and stuff like that. Now, for those of y'all that play Grand Theft Auto, you know, this isn't no news to you, but it's very interesting. Really, we don't even go to like cause trouble or to do anything bad. We literally just go for the casino, because playing the ponies is so... Uh, great, but enough about that. Uh, we we're gonna do this donut box podcast, and before we do that, I just want to give a sh- shout out to all of our Texas listeners, to our listeners in Ohio, Iowa, Virginia, man, Nebraska has been going on pretty strong. Of course, uh, Georgia, uh, where we were originally from, but thank you guys. And hey, even like over there in Ireland, they've been pretty consistent in Belgium. So we don't just have listeners statewide. We see all of our listeners international. So thank you guys for listening as well. So our first donut is the old fashioned donut, which is a story from our past, or these next few episodes have been crazy characters from our past. Now, a couple episodes ago, we did uh, episodes about when we worked at the Boot Corral, and we just have so many characters that work there that we're going to do part two. So this is Boot Corral part two. So take it away, Micah. Tell them about some of the other people that we worked with. The first person we're going to talk about was an assistant manager at the Boot Corral. And for, you know, we're going to change the names to protect the innocent or the guilty, whatever you want to call it in this situation. So the first person we're going to talk about, we'll call him Stream Bean. And, um... That's going to be his nickname. So this man, you know, I'm a pretty tall guy. I'm 6'3". This man was taller than me. Not that that matters. But he was big, tall, lanky guy. And uh, he had this big, like, cowboy twirly mustache. And he took great pride in that mustache. And he always wore the big, ginormous, taco-looking hat. Like, I'll never forget that. But he, uh, he was an interesting fella. So... He actually had a background of rodeoing and whatnot. And, um, yeah, so end up what happened was he ended up failing out of rodeo, which that kind of sucked 
from what he described. But then he ends up getting with his wife, but he didn't quite tell his wife going into the relationship that, um, yeah, he had failed out of uh, being a rodeo guy, so he convinced her that she was a rodeo guy, and then all of a sudden they get into a relationship, then she finds out he's just an assistant manager over at the boot corral. So there was one thing. Um, he was uh, a typical one-upper. You know, he would one-up everything that you would say. Um, a lot like we talked about Deputy Porkers from a few episodes ago. But, Chris, what were some of your memories from Street Bean that made it so memorable? So before we actually moved to Texas and worked at the boot corral. I actually remembered uh, string bean from when we had visited that same boot corral. Like when we, I first came to Lubbock and was like checking it out and trying to see, you know, where I wanted to go to college. And I remember him distinctly because he was so tall and because he wore the taco or the mailbox shape hat. Um, and I remember that, uh, but also side fact, this man apparently was an ordained minister uh, at one point or in time, uh, he was ordained and he married one of our friends. Uh, he did, he officiated their wedding. Uh, he was also an assistant manager that worked at boot corral, but, uh, string bean also, this was his downfall. He, uh, he just could not keep himself away from the women. He was just like, I mean, he was almost like a little chihuahua dog, you know, the one that you go over to your Aunt Becky's house and he, you know, the little chihuahua dog is just always humping your leg. That's kind of how String Bean was, man. Like every girl you, he'd see, he'd be like, ooh, she's so fine. Ooh, she's so pretty. And I'm like, dude, she's not even that good looking. He was like, yeah. He was like, he was like, I take her out. Now, this is while he was married, mind you. Uh, So what ended up happening with, with all that? Micah. So he he ends up, um, you know, moving up in the company and everything, and he ends up getting his own store um, and becomes a general manager of this store. Well, shortly after that, I mean, it was maybe a month after that, um, he got dismissed from the company. Reason being uh, was because he started a little relationship with one of his little cashiers over there, and they got caught. Well, meanwhile... The, the bad part was, so this store that they ended up having was um, a little out of the way um, from where they were living before, and his wife had stayed back. Well, meanwhile, she was having a bunch of affairs with people at Boot Corral, too, and we all knew about it. So they were both doing their thing, and ended up what happened? He ended up losing his store, and he ended up losing his wife, which that's no fun. But... Stream Bean, if you know who you are and you happen to be listening to this, we hope you're doing well. He was actually a really cool guy to hang out with, like, outside of work. Like, if you got one-on-one with him, he was actually kind of a cool guy when he wasn't trying to uh, one-up you. But our next uh, guy, this was actually the regional uh, regional manager over all this boot corral stores for, like, the West Texas region. And we're going to slightly change his name. Uh, his name was Jeff Val. Uh, and if you ever seen King of the Hill, um, he's like Buck Strickland. Like he talked like Buck Strickland, like just doing the craziest stuff. And, uh, the, what I remember about him, he would like, he'd be so nice, but he would like drink a lot. Like he would always, they would always get drunk after, uh, we did these things called boot camps. Uh, but, um, that's a little, uh, play on the words. And what we would do is if we went to another city that was building a store, like they would bring different employees from all the surrounding stores and they would go in and they would help like 
construct like the boot shelves and like hang all the pictures and then like they would eventually stock the store and it would be like maybe a month six week process to get the store up and running and uh mike and i went on several of these boot camps we never went to the boot camps at the same time but that's how we encountered jeff vowell uh because he, being the regional store supervisor he had to be there and he always be like hi i'm jeff vowell how you doing and then there was this kid he would always bring with them named donut he'd be like donut he was like donut that's a three quarters of an inch too long cut that off and he would do some crazy things but micah tell a couple of stories about uh jeff vowell so i gotta uh i gotta dish so Essentially, when we would go on these boot camps, um, we would get pretty pretty rowdy. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of partying and a lot of things going on. Um, but I would say probably probably the craziest time that we ever had. He always wanted me to drive his truck. I'm not really sure why. I guess it's because I was the most responsible out of the group, and that's saying something. Um, but he loved going to the gentlemen's clubs. Whatever, whatever town we were in. And, um, well, you know, being so young, I had been to a few at the time, but I had never been, you know, to a lot. And so this is going to be like my first group time going to a gentleman's club. So we all load up in the truck and we go over to this gentleman's club. And mind you, Jeff Bowell had already been there for a few days. This was our first day of getting there. There was also drinking involved, so we were all kind of feeling it. And uh, we walk into this club, and they line us all up, and they're checking all of our IDs. Well, Jeff Bowell is a pretty big guy. Like, I mean, he's a he's a pretty big guy, and he's he's very uh, recognizable. If you've seen him before, you you could see him again and pick him out of a crowd. And uh, well, the bouncer at the club says, um, "Oh." Well, that guy in the back, and he's talking about Jeff Bowell, he goes, he's been 86th. And what that means in those clubs, that means he's been kicked out and he can't come back. So he says that. So Jeff Bowell goes, oh, yeah, well, your women are trash anyways. And he starts he starts talking about the women in this club, and he starts really going off. And um, so we start asking because we, we still want to get in. So we're like, why has he been kicked out? And they were like, well, he was being loud, rowdy, and he was getting a little too touchy. And he was like, dang right, I was getting touchy, and dang right, I was loud. Hoo, hoo, hoo. And he started, like, yelling and stuff. And they had to forcibly remove him, which was fun. The other story that I have is we went to this bar. And I'm talking, this was like a really rough bar in, a, in an oil town. And the bar was called Rednecks. And it was in the shopping center. And um, so we're all getting really, you know, turned up, I guess, if, if that's what you want to call it. And uh, there was one of these punching machines in, in the bar where you can punch and it'll give you a score and it'll show you. So, of course, we're all standing there and I punch this machine so hard. It gives me like this really high score and it rates me, you know, it was like really high up there. And the whole thing's flashing and going off. So the night progresses a little bit further. And uh, Jeff Bow had been talking with this group of oil field workers, and he seemed pretty friendly with them. He bought them shots and all sorts of stuff. And all of a sudden, he comes over to me, and he's like, Micah, Micah, I got to ask you a question. I'm like, what, what's going on? And he's like, if I punch that guy in the face, you going to back me up? And I'm like, hold on. 
Jeff, you shouldn't punch this guy in the face. And the guy he was talking about was this big old, you know, farm-bred oil field guy. You could tell he came straight off the rig. And so he's like, he's like, so if I punch him in the face, you going to back me up? And the whole reason he's asking me that question is because he saw what I did on that punching game a little bit ago. And so he wants my backup. Well, essentially, I tell him... Pretty much short of, well, you're my boss, so I kind of have to if, if it comes down to that. So he's like, great. So here he goes over to this guy, and I'm sitting here going, oh, God, he's going to punch him in the face. And so he starts talking crap to him, and I'm going to spare what he said, but he started talking crap to this guy. And luckily, the guy was so drunk that he was just he just blew it off and just laughed. He was like, ah, you're so funny. But, I mean, Jeff was throwing straight up shade. And that was the night that I thought that we were going to get into this big, like, bar brawl. Like, chairs thrown. I can just imagine it in my mind. I was sitting there thinking there was going to be chairs thrown. And, you know, somebody was going to crack a beer bottle over somebody's head or something. But, yep, that was the whole thing. He was, he was like, Micah, you... If I punch this guy in the face, you going to help me? Yeah, so just to clarify, I never went to these gentlemen's clubs or drank, uh, and they all knew that about me. They all knew, were like, yeah, don't, like, you know, and they respected it, of course, but, like, everywhere we went, he would be, like, rowdy, and, uh, like, I remember one time we were sitting in the car, and we were, like, waiting on him because he had the card to pay for our dinner and the keys, and, like, he was just getting straight up drunk after uh, after a long day, and, uh, like, every time we went on boot camps, like, every time, uh, like, the hotel people would almost have to kick us out because, like, they would be in the parking lot, like, drinking real loud. Like, me, I was tired. I went to bed, went to sleep. But, yeah, that's Jeff Val. Uh, yeah, I can't believe they let this man be a regional manager of uh, a Western Wear store. But, anyways, I guess, you know, and he, like, made good money, too. But, anyways, I digress. So, that was our old-fashioned donut. That's Boot Corral Part 2. Our next segment is the Jail Report, which is the Jelly Donut. <laughs> All right, Micah, I got two stories for you today. Are you ready? Yeah, what's up, man? Okay, so this first one happened in Chicago. All right, so Mr. Zarati, uh, an 18-year-old, decided to rob a shop in Chicago. He demanded money when he was made aware that the employees could not access the safe without their manager. Mr. Zarati decided to leave his phone number so that the store could call him when the manager was in. This way, he could have the manager open the safe for him and supply him with the money. Mr. Zarati told them that he suggests they call or he will come back with a gun. They decided to give him a call not long after the cops showed up. So when Mr. Zarati came back for the money in the safe, to his surprise, he was met by some officers instead. I know. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, that's what the article says. This happened in Chicago. And first of all, I guess homie didn't have a gun in the first place, because you said I was, like, going to come back with a gun. But how stupid could you be to be like, oh, yeah, uh, the manager's not here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave my phone number, and y'all are going to give me a call when he comes back and opens the safe. Like, how dumb can you be? I mean, that's just asking to set up a trap for the cops to catch you when you come back. Um, I guess he had been in one of those many situations where he was trying to buy something from a store and they didn't have it in stock. So it's like, okay, call me when it gets back in stock. And he was just, he was doing the same thing with the manager. Oh, the manager ain't here. 
Call me when he gets back. Then I'll rob the place. Yeah, um, I, good thinking probably on the employees' part because they were all like, yeah, the the manager's the only one that has the code to the safe. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, they knew, but it was it was good plan on their part. But, like, that's stupid. I mean, it is Chicago, so, like, I'm not surprised. But, like, that's really dumb, like, just to go in there without a gun and they'd be like, oh, yeah, here's my phone number. And then to expect for them to actually call you and the cops not to show up, like, what the heck? That's that's dumb. But no, that's um, Chicago's got some crazy crime. We were talking about Florida, you know, a couple times ago, and Florida with some crazy crime. Chicago's got some crazy crime too. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. All right. So you ready for this next one? Yeah. All right. So this happened in 2008, but it's like a really interesting story. So why not? Uh, so Mrs. Edna, an 88-year-old grandmother, was arrested by the police in October of 2008 when she refused to return a neighborhood boys' football that had landed in her front yard. A frustrated Mrs. Edna took the football on a Thursday evening after it landed once again in the yard of her Blue Ash home where she lived since April 1949. When uh, Miss Edna refused to return the ball, the neighbor, Mr. Paul, called the cops. 40-year-old man. Though police warned that she would be arrested unless she returned the football, Miss Edna refused, according to what to the below Blue Ash Police Department report. The petty theft bus was the first arrest for Mrs. Edna, who had been widowed for about 10 years. So can you imagine that? <laughs> so she just was like, nah, you're not getting your ball back, and just kept it? <laughs> yeah, she just kept it. Like, I mean, I'm sure, like, I guess maybe she had had a problem with, like, the ball keep going into the yard. And, like, I'm sure she was, like, you know how, like, elderly people just get fed up. And then they're like, ah, no, you know what, no more. I mean, I get fed up if the ball kept coming in my yard and kids were kept ringing my doorbell. Uh, but, yeah, to think that, like, the police actually arrested this elderly lady. Not only that, she was 88 years old. And on top of that, she had been widowed for, like, 10 years. So, like, come on, man. Like, the police in there got to just be jerks. Well, could you, my thing is calling the police in the first place. I guess the kid comes home and is like, oh, you know, it landed in so it's in, you know, Miss What's-Her-Face's yard and she's not letting me get it back. So, like, the parents had to call the cops. Yeah, that's who it was. Because my thing is, I'm just like, for me, I don't know what's going on with that old lady. I probably would have went over there and talked to him, and I don't know if the parents did, but I probably would have went over there and been like, hey, sorry this keeps happening, <laughs> but, like, we need the football back, you know? And if she said no, nah, I would just probably just buy a new football for my kid instead of – because obviously, I mean, my thing is it's a small enough thing. I'm not sending an old woman to jail over keeping my kid's ball. Yeah, exactly. So there might have been, like, some neighbor – disputes or whatever but i got one more i know i said two but we, we got enough time uh this one's short all right so are you ready for this one you i think you'll get a good kick out of this uh so mr gill age 31 who is deaf without speech was arrested by police after he swore at them in sign language and although he made no sound he has admitted breaching the peace officers had taken gill back to a hotel where he was supposed to be staying but until a worker translated his sign language for them, they had no idea what he was trying to say. The worker told officers every swear word Gil had signed at them, and police officers told reporters the officers could tell he was angry but didn't know what he was saying. 
I'm suppo- I suppose he's unlucky. Hotel staff were on hand to translate. So they basically arrested this deaf guy for... I don't know what the circumstances were, but I guess the deaf guy got really mad and he's like swore in sign language at the police and um, then they were like, Oh, that's it. You're arrested. I just I would love to have a transcript of what this guy was signing out. I mean, really, uh he must have been saying something really, really bad because I know most police officers in that case, most likely would have, because I've even seen police officers get cussed out to their face, like verbally cussed out to their face. And most of the time they're just like, all right, have a good night. And then they just try to get out of the situation. So I don't know what the man was signing, but he must have been signing something really fierce. Well, I think it was probably over like in a European, uh, European country because like the report kind of like with the way that they were spelling stuff, like it kind of, it kind of, I kind of picked up on that. I don't think it was here in the U.S., but yeah, you're right, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, we we be playing Red Dead and stuff. Sometimes you'll go into a town, and sometimes you'll just like make the wrong side motions, or you'll just kind of like pull out your gun and like not even point it at them, and then they'll see that as a threat. Or if you like bump into them, then like that's when you get the wanted stars, and you're just like, bro, like they're kind of touchy. But yeah, I can't believe they arrested a deaf man for that. Like that's, I mean, if I were the deaf man, I'd be suing like on disability or something. Yeah, cause. that's pretty messed up over something like that. Cause like I was saying, you know, most people, if they're verbally, you know, cussing the officers out, most of the time the officers make warnings of like, Hey, don't talk to me like that or something's going to happen. But you know, doesn't sound like they necessarily warned the guy. It sounded like hotel staff told them, Hey, you know, he's saying this, this and this. And the cops were like, Oh heck no. And then they took him in. So yeah, I don't know. That's pretty nuts though. I, um, never heard anything like that before. Yeah, unfortunately it doesn't say, but uh, yeah, that's our jelly donut, which is our jail report. And now we're going to move to our donut hole. Now, I know y'all are all going to be disappointed, but my donut hole is not my movie pick of the week. So I'm going to change it up. Oh, I'm going to do it something different. Now on this podcast, we try to be, uh, do a variety of issues and topics and we normally don't do current events, but I want to talk about this, and this might be a little bit heavier uh, donut hole. But I kind of want to talk about the Johnny Depp uh, Amber Heard trial, uh, just from just from a standpoint. Um, I for those, I'm sure most everyone has at least heard of it, or at least heard somewhat about what's going on. Especially even if you're like not in the U.S., I'm sure you've at least heard something. Have you heard anything about this, Micah? Oh, yeah. And that'll say something because typically I don't keep up with anything like that, but it's definitely come across my feed. I I don't keep up with anything really like that, but it's just kind of uh, and you'll see my point here in a minute of why I kind of chose this because uh, it kind of ties into what happened at the Oscars uh, last month or two months ago whenever that happened uh but if you don't know basically what happened in 2000 i think 16 or yeah around 2016 amber heard which was the former wife of uh act famous actor johnny depp uh sent this article or this i guess information to the news organization basically claiming johnny depp of physical emotional uh, and all other types of abuse. And because of those claims, uh, Disney dropped Johnny Depp from their Pirates of the 
Caribbean contract, and it also kind of put a damper on his career. And now Johnny Depp is suing his former wife, his ex-wife, for defamation of character. And uh, he's basically saying, you know, you made all these false allegations about me and this and that. And so, like, it, this has been, like, uh, almost a four-week trial. And it's very, like, heartbreaking to see because it turns out that, like, Amber Heard was actually abusing Johnny Depp. And, like, they have video, or not video, but they have, like, audio evidence. And in one of the pieces, um, one of the audio clips, they're talking about... Uh, Johnny Depp is referring to an incident when Amber Heard, like, struck him and, like, decked him in the face um, after he was, like, trying to, like, get away from her and, like, kind of, like, de-escalate the situation. And she basically said, I didn't punch you. I hit you. Uh, there's a difference. I just hit you. And you're being a big baby about this, so get over it. And you could tell, like, this man had, like, a lot of pain. And, like, he was going through a lot of physical and mental abuse. And this was, like, the first time... Uh, he talked about it and then they played another audio clip and she was like, go ahead, tell the world that I, Johnny Depp, a man and being abused by a woman, like no one's going to believe you. And I think, uh, it's very important, uh, in this society to understand that abuse is never okay. But I think, uh, people do not validate or value the fact that men can be abused too. I think when we think of abuse, we normally think of, uh, um, a male abusing a female, which is never right. Uh, abuse in any form is not okay. But the fact that, and I and I tie this back to the Oscars because people are people for a while. The new trend is toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity. But I think we also need to play both sides of the of the scale here because there's also toxic femininity, femininity too. So toxicity of any kind is is not good. And I think. Uh, and I, I'm sure Micah, you can agree with this. I feel like as a, as a male, we are not, uh, encouraged to talk about our feelings or if something like that does happen to us, we, we are not believed. Um, especially if it happens like through another female and I'm not here to like bash genders or bash anybody, but I'm just saying, I feel like this is a real topic. And like, I think we need to understand that like men can be vulnerable and men can be emotional as well. Like, what are your thoughts on that? No, it's definitely a two-way street. I think, like you said, um, I definitely agree to the fact that um, we as men get shut down a lot when it comes to that sort of thing, especially, uh, you know, the notion is that females are the gentler sex, right? So the notion that a man can be being abused by a female is just out of the picture right you're the you're the big man how can you be abused by and so automatically you're discredited well for most people um or for most men including johnny depp um i mean they don't think like that you know what i mean they're not trying to abuse anybody they're just trying to be a good partner they're trying to be the best whatever side whatever role they're trying to play in the other person's life. And unfortunately the abuse happens. Um, but there's definitely two, two streets to every, you know, two lanes to every street here. It's not a one way street to where it only happens in one front, but yeah, I definitely think society does not allow for these things to be as prevalent. I mean, this is a really touchy rabbit hole, 
But it's the same thing with uh, sexual abuse. I mean, there's a lot of times where, you know, yes, it does happen between male and female, and that shouldn't happen. But it also happens female to male. And the thing is, most of the time, it's, you know, I've heard this before, where, you know, a male will say, well, you know, I was sexually abused by a female. And people will be like, all right, well, that's that's awesome, you know, and that's that's good for you in a way. But it's really not. It's really not. It it happens, and it has the same psychological effects that it does to the other gender. So yeah, and and we're like I said, we're not here to like bash, saying all men are bad or all women are bad, uh, that kind of thing. But I think what I think we need to kind of take when we see those things, especially with celebrities, when we take seeing those things, we need to not make a joke of it uh, because. I, it really kind of broke my heart when, um, whenever that whole thing with Will Smith happened, a, like a year or two ago, and like he was sitting there, uh, with his wife Jada Pinkett Smith, and she was telling him about the affair, and he was like crying, like he was eventually crying, and then he ended up becoming a meme, and so I think the fact that like people are taking it and making it a joke, and then all this stuff, I think we just need to be aware, I, I like for victims of abuse like on both sides of not just men or not just women but we need to validate it and especially with celebrities like it's not a joking matter but i know this donut hole was a little bit heavier on on this and you know and we're we try to keep it light but i do think some of these topics do need to be talked about and i think every once in a while uh we can talk about them do you got anything to add before we head to the next segment yeah one more thing really what it comes down to is we talk about equality and um, a lot of times equality, yeah, there's the obvious stance of where people are not treated equal. Well, sometimes, you know, there are areas in life that people don't think about like this. And, you know, some people think about this, yes, but the vast majority of our society writes it off as, you know, it's whatever. Um, but in this instance, abuse is equal. It doesn't pick sides. It doesn't pick genders. And and everybody feels the exact same way. So, you know, my advice on any of this is uh, be vigilant, be empathetic, and try to help where you can if you do have an abuse victim around you in any sense. Yep. And help others, too, that are going through the same thing. But enough about that. What's our next segment, Micah? <laughs> what fries my donuts? And you know what? We did not plan this because I did not tell Chris what was frying my donuts, but it ties in. What fries my donuts, Chris? I don't know. Not winning on the betting horse on playing the ponies on Grand Theft Auto. Is that what fries your donuts? Yeah, that does, as well as not winning a blackjack or three-hand poker. But I digress. What really fries my donuts is manipulators. I cannot stand... And listen, I've gone through this my whole entire life of people who want to run their own agenda and run their own play um, and really try to dictate their life and try to dictate yours at the same time. I can't stand that stuff. Something I really want to put out there is you have to remember that each individual person out there is living their own life and they're capable of making their own decisions. And really and truly, my message is simple. If God, and we're supposed to model ourselves after God, if God wants us to be 
and he modeled us to have a free will. He doesn't even require us to love him or have a relationship with him. If he can have that free will of you live your life, I may not be happy with some things, but you know what? I'll support you to the end. That's how we should all play it. And the thing is, manipulators don't play that. They're out for their own selfish gain. And I don't know, Chris. I don't know. There's been a lot of times in my life to where I see it happen over and over and over to where manipulators, they don't have any sort of sympathy or compassion for other people like some people do. You know, me personally, I act on empathy and compassion, and I try to put myself in other people's shoes and to understand some things. You have to understand manipulators most of the time are broken people, and broken people don't think like the rest of us. And so I just, I wanted to bring this up because it's something that really, and, you know, Maybe this is a little bit of an emotional donut box podcast here because we've talked about something a little, you know, hardcore in the last segment and then this one as well. But, you know, I really I really feel like there is a lot of us out there that easily slip into a manipulator's path. And what that means is it's really easy to trust somebody. It's really easy to follow what people say. It's really easy to listen to people's advice. But the biggest thing from somebody who has been fleeced and had the wool pulled over my eyes, take a good hard look. See if these people are actually for your benefit or if they're actually for your detriment. Are they out for their own agenda or are they out to do what's best for you? If they're not out to do what's best for you and you wouldn't trust them with your family with your money, with if you wouldn't trust them with the basics like that, chances are they're not good for you. And chances are they're trying to dictate your life and they're trying to use you for their own selfish gain. And the thing is, I can't stand it when people do that. We all just need to share this earth. And, you know, I'm not a tree hugger or anything like that, but we can all live and coexist without having to try to run other people's lives or dictate other people's lives. Yeah, man. Uh, and you know, it, it, it is a little bit heavier donut box episode, but maybe it's what's needed. Maybe we need to be real and honest and, and all that stuff. And a lot of people, you know, it's easy looking on the outside in. And when you see somebody getting manipulated, you're like, why don't you like wake up? Why can't you see it? And as being a person that's been in, a relationship and been in friendships where I've been taken advantage of and manipulated. And, you know, Micah's been in the same boat as well. When you're in that, it's hard to see because you as a genuine person, you love and you care about that person where the manipulator really doesn't care. They pretend like they care, um, you know, and it, it's been hard. And Micah and I have both seen each other in those uh, different situations at different times. And it's hard, but you like uh, the real measure of a true friend is a person that, is going to still love you. They may not support all the decisions, but you know what? They understand, Hey, it's their life. Uh, it's your life and you're going to live it, but I'm going to be here to help you. I'll speak the truth to you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll speak the truth to you, but I can't force you to do anything. And that's the difference between a real friend and between a manipulator, because a real friend will, even if they don't approve of what you're doing, they'll still be your friend. They'll still love you. They won't agree with you, but they'll still love you and they'll still be there. And the difference in the conversation that he's talking about 
Um, and I don't know who we're speaking to out here, if we're speaking to anybody on this, but the difference in the conversation is if somebody really cares, like he's talking about, the conversation will say, you know, I'll say, Hey, Chris, you know, I did something. Here's, here's what's going on. And here's the path I'm going. Chris would then say, you know what, man, I really don't think that's a good idea for X, X and X reason. But if you still go through with it, I'm going to love you and I'm going to support you, but I really don't think that it's a good idea and I don't think it's good for you. Now, the opposite end of that spectrum for a manipulator, you know, you know, I'm going to do this good. Normally, it's a good thing. Normally, it's like I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to get this, this other job or I'm going to, you know, leave this relationship or I'm going to do this. And that person says, absolutely not. You can't do that. You won't do that. Don't do that. And they try to force your hand. And it's not a choice. There is no choice. They don't make it a choice. They make it, nope, you're going to follow this because I say that you should. And that's that's the main difference. That's the main difference in that conversation. Yep. So, uh, and me and Mike have talked about this on the Donobox podcast. Surround yourself with symbiotic relationships. You have to understand, is this a relationship that is building me up, that is pushing me to be the person that God's made me to be? Is it some something that is life-giving or do I feel like I have to walk on eggshells or do I feel like I have to live my life to continually please this person? But yeah, bro, I, I think after having been in a situation where I've been manipulated, I, I wake up to it and it like angers me. Like when I see somebody take being taken advantage of, cause I have empathy for the person that is being taken advantage of, but at the same time it angers me to see it and I want to see justice. And I think that's just, you know, I think having walked through a hard season where I have been in that situation, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that like I'm an advocate for. So I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really why I think it fries both of our donuts is because we've been in that before. We know the kind of effects it has. And we've also seen other people in our lives go through it as well. And it's not fun for anybody, whether you're going through it or whether you're watching somebody go through it. But anyways, um, also, one more thing. An example of a symbiotic relationship is when you're in the Diamond Casino in GTA and your friends run out of chips, you give your friends some chips to bet all the ponies. That's a similar yeah, although, relationship. Although I wish that could actually really happen. I don't know. Maybe there is a way. But anyways, <laughs> let's make it a little bit lighter and we'll yeah. do the uh, we'll do the mystery dota, which is our improv segment. What do we got on the on the improv segment today, Micah? Well, we've done it once before, uh, but we're gonna do it again. It's um, we're we're keeping Chris's father's legacy alive, and I'll just tell you a little bit about him. Um, unfortunately he's passed on now, but his, his legacy lives on. His name was, uh, Mr. Dennis and, uh, he always tended to have a life lesson, but, uh, he always told us in a particular way. And so today we're going to come up with, um, Chris and I were lucky enough to where we can impersonate him pretty well. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, we're going to choose a scenario for each other and it's going to be life lessons with Mr. Dennis and how he's going to teach and uh, I don't know if you remember all the way back then, Chris, but uh, I went first. So this time I think I'll pick the scenario and you can go first. All right. Sounds good. I think I'm ready. All right. Um, how to throw a bowling ball. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Here we go. All right, boy. We're over here at the Brunswick Lanes. 
And you know what? I took off my personal time so that I could spend some quality time with my son. Now here we go. You're going to take your bowl on the ball. Now there's three holes because guess what? The Bible says that every strong relationship is a three-stranded cord. So whenever you meet the right lady, which one day you will, and that's another talk I got to have to you, have with you about the birds and the bees. So you got one hole. That's you. Got the other hole. That's her. Got the third hole. That's Jesus. If you don't have the three holes, then you're not able to throw the bowling ball right. And if you don't have God in the center of your relationship, then you're not going to be able to stand. And guess what? You're going to hit a gutter ball every time. Guess what? You won't be hitting three strikes, but you'll get a turkey sure enough. Because you'll look like a turkey. All right. That's my uh, impersonation of my dad. He would always... My dad loved bowling, but he would always call people turkeys. Uh... Not not jive turkeys, but he can call people turkeys. <laughs> All right, so what's my scenario? Your scenario is uh, going to a job interview. Going to a job interview. <laughs> All right, here I go. All right, now, time for your job interview. I'm going to give you one of my best suits. It might not fit, but let me tell you something. When you get in that job interview, you look that man straight in the face... You say to yourself, my name's Christopher, and I will a favor. I'm going to be the hardest working person you'll ever meet. You always want to make sure they understand you're hard working. I've had my job over here 25 years because I'm so hard working, and they know it. So what you need to do is you need to make sure they know it. But the biggest thing is if you go in there and you tell them you're a hard worker, you better back it up because if you're some lazy sad sack, they going to fire you. They're going to get you out of there. They ain't going to hire you in the first place because they can tell lazy. So, here's what you need to do. You go in there, make sure that top button in the suit's up, and you need to tell them, all right, my name's Christopher. I'm going to work real hard for you. You ain't going to regret hiring me. And if they don't hire you, well, bump them. Go to the next place. Does that sound like advice your dad would give? Yes, it does. All right. Uh, that was Life Lessons with Mr. Dennis. And our last segment is our eclair, which is our positive advice. So we're going to end on a positive note, and I'll go first. So uh, this is, you know, kind of, it's a good way to end, I guess, this whole Donut Box podcast. But um, my advice is learn to laugh, man. Like, you know, we're here and we're we're trying to make you laugh, have comedy. You know, y- you might not think we're funny. We think we're hilarious. But having laughter is such a good thing because life is gets heavy and it gets burdensome and you know you need to learn how to laugh i mean not to start preaching i won't go into our preacher voice but the bible says that laughter is like medicine to the soul so if god thought laughter was good enough for us to have he means that we need to laugh and you know i hate when people say god doesn't have a sense of humor oh god does definitely does have a sense of humor but um and don't be afraid to laugh at yourself, man. Like, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. Like, laughing at yourself is a good thing because uh, there are some things that you just got to, you know, that'll happen to you and you just got to laugh at them. Um, 
And so when you laugh, when you take the time to laugh and enjoy life, like it, it, it physically makes you feel better. And, you know, that's why me and Micah like hanging out all the time, because, you know, if it ain't both of us, one or the other is going to be on spot with the jokes and we're going to make each other laugh. So learning how to laugh, you know, not taking life so seriously, you know, have fun, make time for rest, but also learn how to laugh. You know, everybody has a different comedy style and, you know, whatever comedy style or whatever makes you laugh is 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 your thing. But you know, sometimes I just got to watch movies to make me laugh, like, or watch things. Like, that's a lot of what I watch. I watch a lot of comedy specials and a lot of, like, comedy movies. But anyways, I digress. So that was my uh, eclair. Uh, what you got for us? Well, uh, my positive advice for the week. So, listen, we're all on our path. We're all improving. We're all learning. Uh, we're all growing every day. And you don't let me go on a spiel about if you're not please, please try to grow every day. Um, I hope listening to this podcast really helps uh, encourage you through the week. That's why we release it on Mondays is so that you can start off the week with a little bit of encouragement, but a little bit of laughter as well. Um, you know, you're ever, you're ever changing. You're always going to be work in progress. Most people until the day they die, unless you're just absolutely content on not moving forward, you're going to be a changed person. Um, than you were years in the past, whatever time frame you want to have. But the biggest thing I wanted to say with this is people are going to say that you've changed. How many times have we heard that in our life? Um, I know Chris has heard it. You know, oh man, I miss you when you were this person back then. I miss you when you were, when it was 2014 and we had, you just graduated from high school. I miss that person. I miss that person. And the thing is, we're all going to change. We all have worked so hard. You think we work so hard to stay the same? Remember, it's not about other people. It's not about other people. It's about your journey. It's about your growth. And if they say that they liked you from what was before, they're not liking the evolved version of you. And the thing is, keep on evolving because a lot of people in life... It's like leaves on a tree. Most people will fall, new leaves will grow in, and most of the time if they're saying they didn't like you or they don't like who you are now and they liked you from before, but you've grown and evolved, those people just aren't up to your growth standards anymore. Sometimes those people need to need to leave, and a lot of times they'll leave on their own. But all I wanted to say is there will be people that say, oh man, you've changed, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Absolutely. We're working very hard to change. That should be a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like you said, there's some relationships that you just you just grow out of and that's not a bad thing. It just means that those people were there for that season and you're growing and you know, the people that are really successful are the people that are growing and changing and not staying the same because I mean the ultimate goal should be to get better every day. And one other thing too, it, it's it's just hard to believe a lot of times, it, you know, a lot of the times when you hear these relationships talking about, oh man, I, I, I really miss how this was. A lot of times I look back at that stuff and I'm like, man, I was a kid. I didn't know what I was saying back then half of the time. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on. I don't want to be that person anymore. And so it's just, uh, just keep an eye out. I think I think this episode has definitely put a lot on some people's plates to think about because there is a lot of uh, we we definitely delve deep into into some things this episode. 
Well, let me just tell you this. That when you're in a no-wide situation, the Lord will always provide. Sometimes you just got it. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, <laughs> he really will provide. Won't he do it? Uh, we're not going to do a praise break. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. But yeah, for real, Um, you know, this was a little bit heavier episode today. And that was not intentional. I think maybe somebody needed to hear it. And sometimes, man, like we got to be real and we got to be raw. And so uh, our goal is not to trigger anybody or to put any weight on anybody but we always want to help so check out tvtrashcan.com tvtrashcan.com check out the new streaming service check out the cool website check out our social media pages man it is almost time to wrap this up i know you're excited you want to get done with this so you can go play the ponies huh yeah, well, there's that. There's one other thing I wanted to say about TVTrashCan.com. There's actually going to be mo some more things popping up on there. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're just going to keep adding on to the streaming service, my friend. So if you're out there watching it, keep enjoying it. There'll be more to come. Yep. So, well, we're going to go sign off. So I hope you all have an awesome week. I hope things go great for you and that it is amazing. So I'm going to sign off. I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. All right, Michael, go play the ponies on GTA. This is the Donut Box Podcast. Come on, snatch your mama. All right, y'all have a good week.